Finding a service solution that helps you keep customers happy can feel impossible. Just like trying to remember the name of that guy you literally just met at a networking event. HubSpot's all-new Service Hub can help, with the service solution part at least. It brings service and success together on one powerful platform, with an AI-powered help desk and chatbot to handle your frontline tickets, so you can scale support and drive retention and revenue. Visit HubSpot.com service to learn more. Howdy, folks. It is Monday, December 12th. I'm Jacob Cohen, and you're listening to The Hustle Daily Show. Today, we're talking about the electrification of America's school buses. Less than 1% of America's school buses are electric today. And obviously, there are many reasons why electrifying these buses could take a very long time and cost a lot, as you could imagine. But what progress is being made towards doing so? We'll get into that. But before we do, here's what else is going on in the world of business and tech. Let's get crackalacking. All right, first things first. OpenAI is working on a way to watermark ChatGPT's AI-generated text. Now, in a lecture at the University of Austin, computer science professor Scott Aronson, who's also a guest researcher at OpenAI, revealed the company is developing a tool for statistically watermarking the outputs of a text-based AI generator. It's already become clear that the text-generating tools like ChatGPT, which we wrote about and discussed a bit last week, are getting creepishly good at doing things like your English homework or potentially things like writing spam emails or even writing propaganda online. So definitely look forward to seeing how these kinds of AI-generated content verification tools develop because they will be certainly very important. Moving along, Getir, the Turkish superfast grocery deliver that many Americans actually pronounce Getter acquired its German competitor, Gorillas. The deal reportedly valued Gorillas at $1.2 billion and Getir at $10 billion, both of which were significantly lower than their previous valuations. Now, this is a space where venture capital firms have poured in more than $5 billion since 2020. It's also a space where the economics are really quite interesting. And by interesting, I mean, ruthless. We did a cool analysis earlier this year where we broke down all the costs associated with a single order from a 30-minute grocery delivery service. And unless you're operating at some insanely massive scale, it's really hard to make money doing this, which is why you're seeing some of these ventures close up shop, or in this case, buy each other out. In other news, Toys R Us released 10,000 NFTs, which holders can use to earn coins to exchange for toys, events, or other exclusive perk. I'm a big fan seeing the resurgence of this brand, Toys R Us, although I am not sure if NFTs are the best move right now with crypto plunging and trading activity through the floor. Still, it is nice to see them try their hand at some trending tech, and we'll see if uh, it's a popular use case. Also, amid COVID restrictions and tense geopolitical factors, Disney is banking hard on Chinese moviegoers going to see the upcoming Avatar sequel this week. Today, there are more than 82,000 movie screens in China. That's up from just 5.7 thousand in 2010 when the movie first earned a little over $200 million at the box office there. Also on the media front, it's becoming clearer and clearer that streaming has a churn problem. Reportedly in the third quarter, 
Well, Apple TV Plus, Discovery, Disney Plus, HBO Max, Hulu, Netflix, Paramount Plus, Peacock, Showtime, and Stars added a combined 37.2 million subscribers. They lost a combined 32 million. What you're going to continue seeing here amid mounting losses for pretty much everyone, but Netflix is some consolidation and discounted deals that help spur better distribution and ideally less churn. Also, Google is calculating a new route for Waze. Since Google's $1.1 billion acquisition of Waze in 2013, the crowdsourced directions and traffic app has functionally operated as a standalone brand and will continue to do so, but its team will be reorganized, uh, likely in a move to drive some efficiencies across productivity generally and probably on the cost front too. Google is moving Waze's 500 employees or so over to its geo organization, which includes Google Maps, Google Earth, Street View as well. Waze currently has more than 150 million monthly active users, and Google said it plans to keep Waze as a standalone service and that it has no plans for Waze-related layoffs as part of this move. And lastly, before we get to the main story, just want to note on the off chance a pair of old jeans wind up in your possession, do not dispose of them. A pair recovered from a 19th century shipwreck recently sold for $95,000, and earlier this year, a pair found in an abandoned mine sold for $87,000, so you never know what your old denim may be worth. Okay, so every school day in the U.S., some 480,000 diesel-powered school buses schlep some 25 million kids to school. Among those buses, around 1,000 of them, or just 0.2%, were electric last year. Obviously, that means there's a lot of fumes going out into the environment from the U.S. school bus population. And a lot of people would like to see more of the nation's bus fleet go electric. Also obvious are the challenges in doing such a thing. Namely, uh, the price is very high to do something like this. The price for an electric school bus, a large electric school bus, can be as much as four times as high as a diesel powered version. It can cost up to $440,000 for a big electric bus versus about $100,000 for a diesel bus. And based on some numbers put out by the White House last year, it could cost some $100 billion for the United States entire school bus system to go fully electric. So a steep price indeed. Another challenge is the fact that you're selling these buses to schools, right? School districts, not individuals. And school districts aren't really in the business of spending more money, uh, especially on things like cars or electric charging infrastructure and maintenance for uh, electric vehicles. So the challenges are steep. On the bright side, though, in some ways, the case for electrifying school buses is better than that of even everyday vehicles. They don't need a long range most of the time, and they can really sit around for like half the day charging. And increasingly, as more orders come in, bus manufacturers are starting to build out the infrastructure for building these vehicles more affordably, and costs should decrease over time. At the same time, some local governments are starting to put serious money into this space. California put aside $122 million this year for up to $235,000 in subsidies per bus, plus $30,000 per bus just for the charging equipment. 
according to CNBC. And in a similar program, Colorado has set aside $65 million, and New York, Connecticut, Maryland, and Maine are all looking to do similar things. New York actually set a target for 100% electrification of its school bus fleet by 2035. And I guess time will tell if they manage to hit it. And bada bing, bada boom, that's going to do it for us today. Thanks for tuning in to The Hustle Daily Show. We're a proud part of the HubSpot Podcast Network. Our editor today is Ezra Trupiano. Our executive producer is Darren Clark. We've got a lot more tech and business coverage in our newsletter. You can go sign up at thehustle.co slash email. Hope you have a marvelous Monday, and we'll see you tomorrow.